Welcome to GW Hospital HealthCast. I'm Dr. Mike Smith. Today's topic is cochlear implants. My guest is Dr. Ashkin Monfred. Dr. Monfred is an otologist and a member of the medical staff at the George Washington University Hospital. Dr. Monfred, welcome to the show. Thank you. Nice to be with you. Well, let's just start with what are cochlear implants? So cochlear implants are devices that can um, restore hearing to patients who have lost the ability to um, hear naturally and particularly with um, hearing aids. These are implants that are placed under the skin into the bone uh, behind the ear, and there is a fine electrode that goes into the inner ear, known as the cochlea, and would send electrical signal to the nerve of hearing, bypassing all the conduction mechanism of hearing. And so when these cochlear implants are, are placed, what, what kind of sounder are the patients able to hear? Is it, is it, can they hear clearly? Is there some limitations to it? Explain a little bit what that experience is like. Yes, and it's, it's, it's a wide spectrum and depends on the uh, residual hearing that the patient has. You know, in the past, we used these for patients who were completely deaf, but over the years, they've been more and more used in patients with more and more residual hearing, and now there are studies even in patients who have excellent hearing in the other ear on the other side and being implanted in the, in the ear with poor hearing. Um, it has been called a bionic ear because the sound that is produced, um, it's quite um, electric. The best analogy I can give you is uh, listening to um, a singer whose voice is going through a synthesizer, sort of, um, uh, sort of like a techno music kind of sound. Um, um, or if you think about uh, an acoustic guitar versus an electric guitar. So the quality of the sound is not the same as regular sound, um, it also cannot convey music very well because it does not provide both amplitude and frequency modulation. However, unlike hearing aids, which only make sounds louder, cochlear implants have the ability to make sounds clearer because they're not dependent on the function of the cochlea itself. They bypass the little cells of hearing that we all have in the inner ear and directly stimulate the hearing nerve. Tell us or walk us through a little bit exactly how the procedure is done, um, you know, starting when the patient is first seen until when the, when the procedure is complete. Sure. It is a rigorous uh, process in the, in the sense that uh, before, during, and after surgery, quite a few steps have to be done. The first thing is making sure that the patient meets the uh, guidelines established by um, FDA and CMS in terms of um, uh, ability to, to, to receive a cochlear implantation. So they will go through a battery of comprehensive hearing tests and balance tests before the surgery. They receive vaccination because cochlear implants have a slightly higher rate of meningitis um, in patients who have received them than, than the general population. Uh, imaging studies like MRI and CT scan, and once everything is set up, we'll proceed with um, implantation. Surgery takes about between one and two hours, depending on patient's anatomy and age, and um, the implant is placed behind the ear underneath the skin and goes into the inner ear or the cochlea. Um, we wait about two to three weeks for the incision to heal, and then they can um, use the external processor and uh, activate the internal implant. The 
internal implant is passive, as it does not have any battery in it. And uh, sound uh, energy is conveyed to it through coils that are on the external processor. So the external processor and the internal processor um, click to each other using magnets. So it stays on the skin. So when the patient is not wearing their external processor, you can't see that they actually have an implant. You can only tell when they wear the external processor, and they communicate via the coils around the magnet um, conveying the sound to the patient. From then, it's a matter of uh, our audiologist or hearing specialist finding the best um, algorithm um, of uh, stimulating these electrodes for the patient to hear, and also it's for the patient's brain to get used to these electronic sound and deciphering what um, the signal means. And gradually, gradually, the two meet in the middle, and the patient is able to identify words and hear a lot better. And I would assume that process of being able to identify, um, you know, words is different for each patient? Yes. Much of it is dependent on patient's age, um, how long they have uh, been without hearing in that ear, uh, what was the cause of hearing loss. For example, patients whose hearing loss is particularly from inner ear deficit. This would be patients who, for example, received an antibiotic that is toxic to the hearing. They lost all their um, inner ear cells. They do very well with cochlear implants. But patients who have nerve degeneration and um, they have been uh, without hearing and deaf for maybe three, four, five decades, they won't do as well. They don't perform as well. So it's a wide spectrum, but with hard work, patients continue to get better and better years from surgery. Now, right after the surgery, so, um, you know, maybe a, a day or so, what, what kind of recovery period are we talking about? Or are they, do they start that, that, that therapy to, to learn how to translate the sound of words immediately? Or is there a recovery time? There is a recovery time. Because the magnet, uh, the two magnets couple to each other, they will um, exert pressure on the skin between the two magnets. So we need to allow the skin from the time of surgery to completely heal before we exert that pressure to it. So on average, we wait between two and four weeks, depending on the patient's age and skin thickness, to allow for the skin to heal. And then that is what we call the activation day. They come on that day and meet with the audiologist, and the implant on the inside gets, uh, the, the implant gets activated. It is a fairly quick recovery for most patients. It's an outpatient procedure. And um, uh, meaning that we don't keep the patients in the hospital after surgery to go right home. And um, it is a spectrum in terms of how fast people tend to recover. Um, a small portion of the um, patients who receive will have some balance issues for a few days, but many are up and about that evening and return to work within three to four days. So in summary, Dr. Monfred, what would you like people to know about cochlear implants? The best thing that I can say is if, um, your hearing cannot be uh, rehabilitated well with a hearing aid. If you're suffering um, from hearing loss and cannot use hearing aid to hear your loved ones, to talk on the telephone, to hold a conversation with people who are not facing you directly in a very quiet room, uh, it's time for you to think about cochlear implantation as an option. It, uh, it, it, does not, it is not a good option for everybody, but it is a great option for a large group of patients who are not receiving benefit from hearing aids.
Well, Dr. Monfort, I want to thank you for coming on the show today, and thank you for the work that you are doing. You are listening to George Washington Hospital HealthCast with the George Washington University Hospital. For more information, you can go to gwhospital.com. That's gwhospital.com. Individual results may vary. There are risks associated with any surgical procedure. Talk with your doctor about these risks to find out if surgery is right for you. Physicians are independent practitioners are not employees or agents of the George Washington University Hospital. The hospital should not be liable for actions or treatments provided by physicians. This is Dr. Mike Smith. Thanks for listening.